Well, hello and welcome back to the All Saints podcast. I've got to tell you, I could hardly be more excited about today's podcast. I've been waiting for this opportunity for quite a long time because today I'm uh, privileged to have the opportunity to meet face-to-face for the first time and to interview for this podcast. Uh, not for the first time, but for the first time face-to-face. Mr. Munir Alaji. Munir, it is wonderful to have you uh, with us. You're visiting Fort Worth, uh, visiting All Saints uh, this weekend. We're currently recording this. This is April the 14th. Uh, we are delighted to have you with us. Uh, Munir is one of our uh, uh, missionaries. I'm going to uh, get you to explain in a second, Munir, uh, what it is you do. But first, just let me say a huge thank you for coming all the way down here from Calgary. Is that right? Calgary, Edward, yeah. yes. Flew in yesterday evening. Um, if you're at All Saints, then, well, by the time you hear this, you will already have heard the presentation from Munir at Forum after our service on Sunday the 16th of April. Uh, and I'm uh, looking forward to this conversation just to get to know Munir a little bit, introduce you to him and to uh, just dig a little bit into his background and his ministry and what the Lord has been doing him. So we're delighted to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for the invitation, for the like uh, having me in, in the church and mm-hmm. in, in, in this town. I'm very happy to be uh, with you and and sharing with you what the Lord is doing, what He did in my life yeah. in the past, and what He's doing now. Great. Thank well, you. well, let's begin with some of that and, and just a bit ca- bit of a catch up. We've we had one conversation previously via Zoom, which I think went out on the podcast probably over a year ago, uh, but some people won't have heard that. So, give us a quick summary. Uh, take take as long as you like, uh, but because you've got a very very interesting background, talk us through. Um, your uh, early days, uh, how you became a Christian, uh, how you met your wife. There's, a, there's some great stories there. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, everything uh, uh, began in Aleppo, Syria, north of uh, mm-hmm. Syria. And I grew up in an uh, uh, Orthodox family, mm-hmm. um, very nominal um, Christianity. Um, okay. I would say... In, Nearly knowing nothing about about Jesus and about salvation, and when I was eighteen, one of my relatives started to talk with me about uh, about what is Christianity and about salvation. And uh, it happened that uh, March twenty first, um, no, sorry, March fifteen, nineteen eighty one. <laughs> I nailed down uh, in my room and I prayed and accepted Jesus as my savior. Right. And the whole story started. I like uh, that you can remember the date. I was six years old then. Just so oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember. It was it was unique night. And I do remember that next day I woke up and like... It was like everything changed, even the weather, even the the, <laughs> the, the light of the sun, yes, yes. as if everything changed, not only in myself. But in your perception of the world. So, uh, yeah, yeah. and I was on fire to serve the Lord since that time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very soon, I took a kind of call from the Lord to give him my life and to serve him mm-hmm. uh, uh, all my life. That was that happened summer 1982, like mm-hmm. a year and a half after my conversion. And 
at that time also I met Sarah, my wife. Mm -hmm. We were in. I started to attend uh, that church. Somehow it's it it is a Presbyterian church. Right. right. Uh, her mom is a believer. Her grandfather is mm -hmm. a believer. It's a very nice family. Right. And we are happy now. We ha we have like our kids the the fourth or the fifth generation. That's wonderful. Since her grandfather. Yes. Uh, so we we uh, were attending the same church, and because of that, we were like friends for mm -hmm. a long time before we uh, get married in 1990. Right. Uh, through this time, from '82 um, uh, till '90, uh, we used to have a. Uh, home meetings, mm -hmm. a group of young people and all on fire, loving the Lord and want to serve and very strong uh, evangelist uh, people. Um, and this was all in Aleppo? Sorry. In Aleppo, mm -hmm. yes. So 1990, we got married mm -hmm. and very soon we we had our first uh, boy, Majd, mm -hmm. and... Uh, um, we start to hear this voice or call <laughs> uh, to leave and go to seminary because we right, we right. need to to be Train. prepared for for ministry for a bigger ministry, and we did that. Yeah, we yeah. Um, I left my job and we moved from Aleppo to uh, Beirut right. to study in the Baptist seminary there, mm. and that was one of the biggest. Um, uh, stations or st uh, steps in our lives. Right, right. Before that, uh, I met with two people and they had very important influence on my spiritual mm. life mm. with their godliness life. But in the seminary, it was a bit different. And what right. was good in the seminary that we went together there, Yes, Sarah and I, and we studied together. Right, so you're both so learning. All, and... Yeah, all the changes uh, happened in our life, in our minds, or uh, mm -hmm. the new shape we we adopted. Mm -hmm. uh, it happened for both of us, that's which good. means that's we good. yeah we remained on the same page <laughs> in yeah. way of thinking, way of expressing faith and ministry. That was amazing. That was yeah, mm -hmm. yes. I mean, it happened between. 91, 94, but yes, we still, yes. both of us, remember it as it happened yes. like a few years ago. Yes. It sounds like there were some experiences there that were more uh, difficult. Am I reading that right at seminary? Or was the whole thing just wonderful? And No, it was not difficult. Right. It was, I mean, you know, in seminary, you will... You will start to hmm. discuss new things, new ideas will change stretched. in your mind, yeah, yeah. and uh, and you will start to see ministry in a, in a different mm -hmm. way. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, because we did that together, mm. we were able to continue together, not only our marriage, but also our friendship and our uh, partnership in ministry. Right, right. Good. Uh, that was really important. Yes, yes. Uh, it's interesting just to parenthetically at that mm. point I remember uh, a friend of mine uh, when I was before going to seminary I was mentored at a church where I was a pastoral intern and the senior pastor there said you know your, your wife um, will not be a pastor but you do need to understand and she needs to understand that 
her life is going to be intertwined with your ministry. And, and Nicole and I have discovered that over yes. the years that I've said many times I couldn't do this without her. Um, and uh, certainly it's the case that, um, well, ev every uh, faithful, godly wife is a, a helper, mm. Genesis, to, to um, uh, her husband. And that takes a particular shape, doesn't it, if you're a, a minister of the gospel mm. or a pastor or a missionary. And it's that's very right. interesting yes, to see how right. that, the yeah. demands it places on yeah. uh, the wives of clergy and missionaries mm. and so on. If you are in, in a pastoral ministry mm. and your wife cannot understand what, what is a pastoral yeah. ministry yes, and yes. what kind of difficulties, problems you will face mm -hmm. there, it will be like a real problem. Yes, yes, if, yes. You, if you are like, if the Lord inviting you to a mission work, Mm. And she cannot understand the meaning of traveling, the yeah, uh, yeah. not to be uh, stay in one place for a long time and yeah. learning a new language or something. It will be very difficult hard. for yes, the family. Yes, yes. Well, we uh, noticed that with um, one uh, missionary family who we support in Nairobi, Kenya. Mm -hmm. uh, they were a member of the they were members of the church I pastored in London for a while before they went, and I've described. Um, Mrs. Chelashaw, Rachel, as tough as nails. Mm. She's a, a missionary kid herself. Her parents were in Madagascar, and now she's in Nairobi with her husband and their children. And, yeah. and she's very important to Kip's ministry mm. for all those reasons. You know, she gets what it is they're trying to do. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, do so I, yeah, where, where you were. Yeah, that's happened. And um, uh, then the, 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 uh, the next big step, we, we, we had in our life that we, we went to Beirut for the seminary, but I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I don't know why we, we stayed there till 2002. Oh, wow. A long time. Yeah. I mean, and suddenly 2001, there, yeah. there was a voice, like a call. Uh, why, why are you staying here? Uh -huh. You came here uh, to be trained and to start a ministry in Aleppo. And, and were you pastoring in Beirut at this time? I was helping, yes. Right. I was helping in a church, but at the same time, it was a unique opportunity. Right. So right. Uh, Lebanon is a, an open country, and right. all kind of mission work or mm -hmm. uh, mission activities you can find there. And it was a great opportunity for mm -hmm. me to, uh, to learn how to uh, record programs, write radio programs, right. how to... Uh, uh, to help in a church, um, uh, to work in uh, orphanage for boys, for girls. These were like new ex mm -hmm. new experience, and they were yeah. very important for us. Anyway, and, yeah, and that is interesting. Just again to insert something here. I've seen on your uh, before we began supporting you. I remember being sent some of your uh, broadcast material and some of the videos you'd recorded and so on. Is and. To hear about those things as well as the orphanage work and so on you've had a very varied ministry mm. i want to probe you about that but do carry on yeah, yeah. so uh, we 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 find ourselves that we can't mm. just ignore the, the 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 voice in our head we should leave right. beirut and go back to aleppo. aleppo and we did that winter 2002 right with two boys the second one uh, he was i think two years two years and a half all right so we left, left Beirut to Aleppo and we start a, a church planting there right. uh, in the city. And I, like, frankly, 
it was the beginning of the the best times in our lives for for huh. Sarah and me the the ministry was was great yes and we were like we were so happy and the lord opened the the doors for ministry between uh, uh, between muslims around us and uh, many muslims became believers or at least they they start to attend the church to see what That's is wonderful. going on yeah. in this church and we had we had a like a wonderful ministry mm. between 2002 till 2012 right. you, you know the war started yeah, yeah, nearly yeah. 2011 and things start to go like from bad to worse right, right. Uh, gradually and in winter 2012 mm. most of the young people in the church left and they left the country left the yes. church and left the country and uh, 2013 was a disaster in Aleppo mm. uh, yes. to live there i remember on the news it was yeah it was it mess. was i mean i will not go sure. with the details now but i was like heartbroken yeah. you know yeah. after 10 years of the work yeah. you as a pastor you know that you you will start to put your eye on some uh, young men there yeah, yeah. and see the future through them yeah, yeah, uh, they they will be the, the future of the church yeah. and you know people you know you know you know people mm. you know that this guy is good with this this guy is mm. good with that and you this, this guy can can uh, take this responsibility and suddenly Mm. you find yourself alone and all like this group of your future your church future yeah. is not there yeah uh, so the lord has some other idea right yeah it was heartbroken and um well, it's just interesting i mean like, again is your experience is a particular version of lessons that many people learn right at different points in their life in different ways mm. not many people have church planting in uh, Aleppo but many people will have had that experience of things are going wonderfully well and they're starting to think they can see the future and um the heart of a man uh, plans his steps but the lord directs his way mm-hmm. you know we we Definitely. just find ourselves sometimes being shunted sideways off what we thought was the beaten track that we were going to walk along and sometimes it's very unnerving and very distressing uh, it's interesting uh, uh yes i mean when you i mean at that time it was a very sad uh, yeah. time yeah. but now when i go to different places and see like these people who left these young men who left the church who <laughs> left the country yeah. and now in ministry in different places in the world right wow i mean you know so you're, it's amazing <laughs> you're running your little kind of church planter yeah. training it's church yeah it's effect. it's amazing yeah. i mean it's you know and instead of having 10 people in one place you have 10 people ten, in 10 places. places you know it reminds me of like acts chapter 8 you know where yeah. where the, the the church grew by being scattered i mean those people who had to flee jerusalem leave their homes mm. leave their friends they can't they can't have thought oh this is great you know they must have thought what a disaster and actually those who went out went about preaching the word wherever they went 
and and it wasn't the apostles because the apostles are stuck in Jerusalem mm. still they stayed but it was these ordinary men and women who the Lord through suffering and scattering put them in places where they could do I I wonder whether we we should be looking for this in miniature form in our lives we have children for example and it's not suffering, but it is painful to watch them grow up and leave home. Mm. And, and sometimes they move away or they go to college in another state or something. And, but actually, what a joy to view it in the way you did, to, to say, well, they're taking the Christian uh, convictions and the shaping, shaping of their life that they've had, and they're, they're spreading that. They might not be church planters, but they're Christians, mm -hmm. you know? I yeah, think that's wonderful. That's right. Yeah, that exactly... Same thing, the same, yeah. yeah. So two two important things happened during mm. our stay in Aleppo. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the church plant and the the growing of the ministry, uh, I had, I I was involved with a theological uh, ministry called um, Program for the Theological Education by mm -hmm. Extension. Oh yes, yeah. So Syria has no seminaries. Huh, right. Yeah, Syria and Iraq. And now my dream is to take our new ministry to these two countries. Right. Um, and this program, by extension, it was, it was simple and easy to bring courses and to teach people in the churches. Mm. So I was in, uh, involved with them. And that one of the, I think, very important things happened to me during my stay in Aleppo because it was a, a, a good opportunity to teach people and yes. to encourage people to study and know more about theology, about church ministry. At the same time, it was, it was good for me because that always pushed me to study more and mm. to prepare more, you know, somehow in 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 pastoral uh, ministry maybe you will find yourself repeating yourself in a way or other or mm -hmm. if you are i mean but because of this theological work yes yeah i was always ready to read always and fresh. teach and yeah. refresh my knowledge and uh, you know I, and I, that's that's that was important very important i, I it's fascinating again Munir, that resonates with the experience I've been privileged to have where I've started theological training programs in the, in the church in London, certainly. And in fact, that's how I got to know some of the people in the church here initially. Um, and it's a tremendously stimulating, isn't it? Because you've got people asking questions and you're being stretched in new ways and it inculcates habits of study that keep you fresh. And yeah. I like, yeah. That. I like, I like teaching the kids in the school here for okay. the same reason because yeah. they, they ask difficult questions. Mm. <laughs> You're saying, and, you know. yeah, and my idea was, theology is not only for those who want to be in ministry. Mm -hmm. yes. It's about it's about an education. If you yes. can educate the congregation or mm -hmm. part of the uh, congregation in a systematic way, mm. they will be stronger in faith, and you don't know what will happen in the future. So if they studied, let's say, three or, like, if you have a group in your church, let's say 20 people in your church, and they studied two or three courses, mm. okay, that will, for sure, that will affect positively their ministry. Yeah. At the same time, 
they will be able to express their faith in a better way. Mm. And maybe in the future, after five years, seven years, I don't know what, maybe they will find inside them a new call mm. to yes. do something more because yes. they, they, they start to have this like small light about mm -hmm. knowing what is theological education. And mm -hmm. so I did that for at least nine years in my church with this program. I was the uh, one of the like main people in, mm -hmm. in this program. In the, the main office was in Jordan and um, I was uh, the uh, director for Syria, but at the same time, I was the uh, secretary for the uh, for the committee of the whole program in the Arab world. Right. Uh, and the second thing happened to me that I did my master's degree in a very uh, important, unique, dry uh, subject. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, tell us. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I mean, my, I, I, I have a BA in history. Yes. And in addition to theology. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I, I love history. Mm -hmm. And I love to study history like all the time. So I had the question in my mind, did the historian, the Islamic historian, uh, um, uh, have did the historian uh, quote from the Bible? Right, right. So what happened? People normally study the Sharia books. Yes, the yes. Uh, the like the theology Islamic books mm -hmm. about some Christianity uh, uh, subjects, mm. but nearly nobody searched the Islamic history books. The history books, yes. So uh, I did that. I tried to answer the question uh, if they uh, quote, like why right. and how. And, and, in, and what's the answer to that question? Sorry? What is the answer to that question? Do they? Uh, yes. Right. Yes. So I went through dozens of books trying yes. to search for a word here, for yeah, a synthesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to intertextual yeah. study, basically. Yeah, and... Uh, 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 I came with a very book uh, thesis. It's mm -hmm. not a master size thesis. It's much bigger. It's like a big fat thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was around right. 250 uh, pages. Wow, that's big. Yes, that's, yeah, it's big. And it's dry because it's not you know, like normal, you know. Yes. You are just searching for a word. Yes. In but it's interesting because what it does is to undergird some quite significant practical points, doesn't it? That, that Islam is actually a distortion of Christian teaching, a very, very deep-rooted distortion, which is why it, you know, the Quran mentions Abraham and Moses and even mm. Jesus. And sometimes people say, well, that's because they're really the same. It's like, no, they're really quite different, but it's a distorted, yeah. and, it's, and it's borrowing from biblical literature. Yeah, and it was amazing. Like I, I wish to have another chance to e expand that study. Right, right. Because... Like, in my opinion, some of these historians, they, they had, I think so, that's my opinion, my mm -hmm. own opinion. They, some of them, they had a copy of the Bible. Right. Or they had a, a, a Christian, a, a clergy guy sitting with them. Yes. And, and, and 
giving them the information because some of them, like Al Yaqubi, mm-hmm. uh, he he has like a text from the Bible mm-hmm. as if he is uh, what you say, like he is like, like writing it. Yes, writing it from a book in yes. front of him. Yes, and and these these are portions of the Quran itself. Is that right? Or are they other Islamic writings? What the, the the things that, for example, Al Yaqubi wrote. That's not part of the Quran, is that? No, right? no, no, it's no, a no, history. It's, it's a history a, book. Yeah. It's right. a he is a, um, a, a historian, historian, a very yeah. uh, famous and mm-hmm. and uh, accepted uh, uh, yes. Muslim historian yes. from the, I think nine nine century yes. or something like that. But he's quoting huge tracts of scripture. And <laughs> he was writing the history, so at that time they they used to write the history in mm. different way that these days. Yes, yes. Uh, so in one, let's say one chapter, he will, uh, in his uh, uh, history story, he will arrive to like Jesus or the the beginning mm. of the Christianity, and he start to to mention or talk about Jesus, but. It's completely the 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 exact text we have in the in the Arabic Bible now. Well, which means, I mean, I said, I mean, I think some of them, they used to have a copy or someone or something like that. Yeah, yeah someone yeah Bible. was uh, dictating them. Well, well, that your mention of the Arabic Bible brings us in, inclines me to come right up to date because Arabic is that's, this is not just a hobby for you, right? You speak and read fluent yes. Arabic. Yes, which is quite handy to have a a well trained Christian minister, pastor, missionary, church planter, theological educator who's mm. fluent in Arabic, because there are large parts of the Arabic world, Arabic speaking world, that that need to be reached with the gospel. And so your work now, we're probably skipping over a few things, but your work now is focused in that part of the world. Correct? Do you want to tell us about that? Yes, uh, um, my my work now and my dream, my prayer is. Uh, 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 these new churches established or or home meetings or small groups uh, started because of the uh, huge wave of refugees, right? Uh, right. In especially in Turkey and uh, some EU countries. Yes, yes. And um, many of them started these groups mm. without any training, right. biblical training or theological training, and. Uh, the, always, the idea always is if this guy wants to go to a seminary, let's say in Germany, mm-hmm. he needs a long time to master right. the language, to attend the seminary, well, to be trained. Yeah. To uh, The idea was why not to take uh, this knowledge and this Arabic. Uh, in, in to Arabic him, to, yeah. to their places where they are. So it's, it sounds like almost a replay many times over of the experience that the uh, congregants had at the church in Aleppo. They've all gone out mm. and they've had some training, but not much. And that's happened many times all across the EU, all across Turkey. And now what you're wanting to do is to go into those places yes. to train those yeah. um, those congregations. Yeah. That's great. That's uh, that, that's important. It will be it it will be very important for them. Mm-hmm. I know I know. Many uh, uh, of God's people going there for evangelism, which is good, mm. and we need that. Yes, yes but yes. Uh, we need also to train these new leaders in the churches. Yeah, because they are they are a, in a way or other a part of the future of these right. uh, 
ministries in there in, in that part of the world. And, and we're talking about lots and lots of people, right? Give us a sense of how many Arabic-speaking refugees there are, the, the kind of Syrian diaspora uh, scattered around those countries. What, yeah, what kind of frankly, I don't have the number, right, okay. but I right. have I have something else to mention mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I will say in every city in Germany, right, right. in every city, even a small city, mm. you have at least one group or two right. or three. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's, that's familiar to anybody who knows European politics because Germany has been quite open to refugees, which has caused yeah. some political tensions, obviously. Um, but they've got tens of thousands of Syrian, maybe hundreds of thousands. No, in Germany, Germany, you have more than a million. Really? Oh, yeah. Because that, that I remember million. thinking hundreds yeah. of thousands at least. Yeah. So, uh, in to find in every city one group or two or three, yeah, yeah. it's it means like a big change. It's yeah, not, yeah. I, it's not. You will like travel to many cities. Maybe mm. you will find one group. No, no, it's not like this. Mm. So you find I, many, many people. Yeah. Mm. So I, I, when I go there, I used to to drive from city to city between <laughs> Germany and the Netherlands. Yeah, and it's very easy to find at least one group. And, and so, so give us a sense. I mean, just practically, you, you, you're driving into a new city, you get there, what do you do? Do you look online and find Syrian churches? Uh, or do you just no, go no, find a Syrian no, community centre? I came from that area. Like right, I came okay. from Syria, so I know the people. I know people. And you know, people who start to tell you about others. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not... I'm new to Germany, but I'm not, not new, new, new for Syrians and Arabs. Right. Okay. So your long list of personal contacts. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's amazing. So I have, I have like many. Uh, they were in my church, or they were friends in Aleppo, friends. or in mm. Syria, and they know me and uh, expecting me to visit them and go there. It's a, um, it's a, it's a good. It's a bless. I mean. I don't need to spend right. time to search for someone. Right, you can find them. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the other things that strikes me about this, Munir, is that um, the the alternative, the normal seminary model that we might think of, where you know a, a man goes away for three or four or five years to a, to a different city in a different state, perhaps, if he's in the US, gives up his job and, and does that full time for four years. That actually is becoming outdated, even in places like the U.S. Mm-hmm. Bricks and mortar seminaries are struggling for financial reasons, and we're actually in the process within the CREC of it's actually not it's a it's an independent five hundred one c three set up to serve the CREC mm-hmm. that's building a new seminary, which is going to be delocalized in this kind of way, so that people in different places can all access it yeah. because we're realizing almost coming from the other end of the, the the practical spectrum, that we need to find ways of training people in their churches so they can serve more effectively for the next generation. That is exciting. Yeah. Like, frankly, I, I, I do love the, the traditional way. Well, we all do. I mean, yeah. I've had the privilege of that yes. as well. But, it, yes. and it's, but the need on yeah. the ground now, right. uh, uh, like pushing us, to go to take the yes. seminary in your in your uh, suitcase and go there. Right. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. It's it's not the opposite. Now, yeah. I mean, let, let let's talk about about Turkey. So we hmm. have now, let's say around between seven to ten s- churches Syrians mm-hmm. in Turkey. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, 
uh, in Turkey, we don't have a seminary. We have one seminary for master degree in Turkish. <laughs> Which isn't okay. much good if you speak Iranian. Yeah. So uh, uh, the Syrians Arabic. cannot speak Turkish or, I mean, if they can speak, they can, like, it's not writing and mm -hmm. reading for this high standard of language. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and, of course, all of them from Muslim background, which mm. means some of them cannot easily uh, uh, expose their, themselves as Christians. Right, right. Uh, on formal level or maybe with the families or mm -hmm. other things so to take this guy to a seminary yes totally implausible yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the financial aspect if he's got a job yeah. what's he going to do quit and move yeah. it's just not possible yeah. so uh, the 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 very practical and logic way is to take the seminary there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and help people to to know more to to do their ministry in in an uh, uh, active way. Yes, yes. At the same time, it, like good and solid teaching. Yeah, you, you don't want to compromise yeah. content. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. And I'm, I'm torn in lots of different directions because I want to, to talk about 15 different things. But what, I'm, what I wonder if we should do, bearing in mind that we have talked a little bit in a previous conversation about uh, one or two aspects of your present work and You've had some health issues, which the Lord has wonderfully delivered you from. Health-wise, are you doing okay now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. which is just miraculous, because I remember yeah. sending photos out to the Congregation of All Saints, and you're in hospital scrubs, about to be operated on, and, and you're looking in great shape, and it's wonderful to, to see that. Yeah, the um, Lord was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you're, we, and we are, like, very grateful to the Lord. You're able to travel, uh, Yes. It's all yeah. fun. Wow. Last January, I was in uh, in Turkey, and, and before yeah. that... Um, uh, October, I was in Turkey and Netherlands. That's and fantastic. Yes. But what, what I'd really love to talk about, which would be new, I think, is your dreams for the future. Because you've had the last couple of years since we spoke, almost a couple of years, um, to develop the practicalities of your ministry and to be building different relationships and to be carrying the mission forward in different ways. Um, what is your next step and what are your big goals, Lord willing, for the future? Um, next step is to um, uh, uh, start uh, the, the formal teaching, which means the master mm. degree uh, uh, courses uh, and BA courses. And um, I think September will bring uh, uh, like real action toward this right, this one right, right. <clears throat> and the big goal to establish uh, this work with uh, people who can understand the culture mm. there the culture here um, and serve their brothers and sisters I mean those who left the country or remain they still in Syria and Iraq right and serve them there and I wish that those Syrians who left the country I and came to North America right right uh, to go and do that right it's it was 
a bless from the Lord that he gave us the chance to leave the war and come here. Because you came to Canada. Correct? Yes, yeah. yeah, to Canada. But uh, we need to say to the Lord, thank you. Mm. And, and this thank you should be a, a practical mm. uh, thank you. Yes, yeah. So those newcomers, refugees, immigrants, whatever they like to call themselves, uh, they know Arabic, they know English, mm, mm. they know the culture there, they know the culture here. They yeah. have a very nice, good passport. Yeah. They can travel easily. Mm. And they have, I mean, if they train, then they have the ability to train others. Yes, yes. So my dream is to, to, to bring missionaries mm. uh, from that area, who came here to go back to that area? Yes, to be and, observant. And, yes, yes. That's that's. I think any believer who came to North America or want to really um, glorify his Lord, he should use mm. these important things in his hands to go and work. If they all do that, you'll have quite a lot of people to work with. I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's one of those it's one of those callings, isn't it, where you you're torn in two directions, I guess. Because on the one hand, you see the needs that are so great, and then I I constantly am reminded of James's words: "Not many of you should presume to be teachers." Um, uh, there, there's something about um, a distinctively ministerial calling, which is it's not something we want to make everybody feel that they absolutely have to do but it's it's fascinating you've got these people who have these unique experience this unique experience and um the blessings of living in a safe country um with the opportunity to serve in some way in that kind of context mm. that's great um immediate challenges let's let's conclude with this tell us because we'll be we want to pray for you and we pray for you um, in different contexts, you know, worship and elsewhere, and we'll be praying for you on Sunday. But tell us, what are the really difficult things, the really hard things about your calling? Uh, <clears throat> um, one of them, my uh, my uh, health issues. So I'm right. I'm good now, as mm -hmm. you can see me. Yeah. But um, uh, I'm still taking a medication, mm -hmm. and if I left. Alberta for a long time mm -hmm. I can't take the medication from uh, Alberta health uh, provider which means mm. I mean it's very very expensive medication right right uh, at the same time uh, I need to wait for two years after the stem cells transplant mm. to um, to to decide that my body my um, uh, immunity mm. is good now and can face like real life. Right. right. Um, oh, right. so so though you look healthy, um, you've still got a degree of immunocompromise. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other difficulty is, like, frankly, is financial difficulties. Right. right. Um, when when you are new in an area, then mm. your your network connection will be very limited. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, I, I, I don't have enough uh, friends, uh, like churches who knows me, right. people who knows me, and uh, that uh, that's affects our income and sure, sure. In, in, in a very difficult way. Right. Well, listen, let me, let me say a word or two about that because 
Um, it may be that there are one or two people listening to this who are from other churches other than All Saints. We do get some audience from out there, and I'll, I'm planning to share this with our friends in the CREC across the denomination, and perhaps it, it might be helpful for them to know that you know you could always use more funding. And I, I'll tell you what I um, personally, when I first came across your the work you were doing, it was nearly two years ago, I think, and I remember thinking, this guy's the real deal. And there's a number of reasons. It, you'd um, you'd come out of a very difficult situation politically and um, in terms of social stability and gone somewhere very safe by comparison in Canada. And you wanted to go back. Well, that's that's a, that was surprising to me. And I thought, okay, this guy is serious. And then I looked at some of the materials you've done and I thought, yeah, he's already tremendously experienced. So and you've got a track record of I'm not trying to butter you up. You know, yeah. It's just, I'll tell you what I was, I thought this is, we, we have a limited amount of resources that we can direct to mission work, and we want to make sure we're directing it to work where the, uh, the people in the field are experienced and working hard and putting the limited dollars to good use. And I just thought, Munir, uh, looks like he's um, great. You came with very high recommendations from our very own Joost Nixon, who's a friend mm -hmm. of many in the CREC, and we love Joost, and many of us know him personally. Um, so if you're listening to this, you're at a church other than All Saints, or and you're going to go and talk to your pastor about your missionary giving, or you're on the missions committee at your church, or whatever it is, you could get in touch with, well, if you don't know who to get in touch with, just send an email to me at All Saints, sj at allsaintskirk.com, um, or just go to the church website, All Saints Kirk, and just find out how to get in touch with me, and I would very happily direct you to Munir, and um, I think from the reports we've received, and from probably what you've heard today, you will have been able to uh, reach the same conclusion that we have, which is that, that this these resources are being well spent, and it sounds exciting. I I, I like the um, the vision, the 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 thought of wanting to make a significant impact, and to think that you could be. It's what's wonderful about theological training, is it's teaching a man to fish rather than just giving yeah. him a plate of fish and chips. You're equipping churches to become self-sustaining and growing and stable theologically and not rocked by all kinds mm -hmm. of crazy nonsense. Um, I love the work you're doing and we thank God for the privilege of participating with you in some small way. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you it's for, I mean, this this um, week or this four or five days, I'm very yeah. happy to be yeah, yeah. in this church and this city. Well, it's long overdue. And I'm, I, I was delighted when you emailed and said you could come and visit and we've been trying to find a date. I've been looking forward to this conversation ever since. Right now, we are. it's Friday afternoon, and so we're looking forward to Sunday um, when I we'll try and record that as well. But at the very least, we'll have some materials from you that we can share with people who weren't able to make it and anyone who is at All Saints. Well, if you... Uh, if you if you weren't able to come to that forum, you really missed out because I'm confident it's going to be a great time. Um, we should go and eat because it's halfway through the afternoon now, yes. <laughs> and um, you've, you've, we've been working you hard, carrying, driving you around to do things and see things and stuff. So um, that's all from us, I think. Um, as I said, if you want any more information about Munir's ministry, especially with a view to supporting him, please get in touch with us here at All Saints Church. But for now, Munir, thank you very much. Thank for you. joining us. We'll be praying for you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you.